Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in Friends in the Morning, live from Mohica Castle in Huntington, Long Island. 77 WABC. Bring it. Oh, I know why you're playing this. I know why. Get jiggy because Will Smith, or Will Smith, as I should say, sings this song, and he is the most recent winner as a man for the Academy Award for his brilliant portrayal of Richard Williams, Venus and Serena's father, and King Richard. And you're saying the clip I put up this morning where I speak for literally three seconds as Dave Busco on Gravesend is going to be worthy of that. Is that why you played this song, Lewis? If it's why, you're a genius. It sounds like a good reason to me. <laughs> I was sitting See, here. but my mind thinks like that. In one second, yeah. I thought of that. When you played the song, that that's pretty you, genius stuff. No, no Lewis? it's it's pretty no. psychotic, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was sitting well, there's here a going fine like, line. There's a very fine line between genius and psychotic. Yeah. You know that. I said, you know, but I don't know. And I turned to Justin. I'm like, this is going to sound good because I have no idea what he <laughs> wants me. <laughs> well, if anyone knows the fine line between genius and psychotic, it's my next guest who comes in every morning at this time. Why? Because he's great. He started one day a week, two days a week. Now he's five days a week. He gets big ratings every weekday from noon to one on his own show all weekend long on the other, other, other side of midnight. And, of course, has dedicated his life, the better part of four decades, to protecting New Yorkers with very little pay. But I mean pay, I don't mean money. I mean even respect. Here he is, my guy Curtis Sliwa, who was very upset yesterday morning. He texted me about that uh, drag queen story. And, of course, I agree 100%. Good Monday morning, Curtis. No, it's not good. How, how can it be good when we had Pride this weekend? And on Friday night, not far from where I used to reside, 131 Avenue A in St. Mark's Place across the street, Tompkins Park, Square Park, they have the annual transgender parade. And I've seen it before through Tompkins Square Park. While everybody was selling uh, reefer, while everybody was zoning out all the emotionally disturbed, they would come parading through. But this time they came parading through chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. And they started parading through the streets of the Lower East Side. And I said to myself, okay, you always have a faction in any group that is weirding out, that is so extreme that you want to just... Uh, commit a late-term abortion on them and get rid of them out of the march. Nobody, nobody condemned them. Nobody said, hey, chill out. You can't bring that to our march. And then on Sunday, yesterday, the Grand Parade, the New York Post sent reporters into the crowd and said, what did you think of those drag queens on Friday night in Tompkins Square Park chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children? And like half the crowd said, oh, it was just lighthearted. It was just a joke. Uh, don't take it seriously. And the other half of the crowd, 
of gays and lesbians said, no, no, we cannot sanction this. We got to condemn it. The same way, Sid, I would say to Republicans, you cannot embrace the Proud Boys or the Oath Keepers, or as I would say to the Democrats, you cannot embrace Black Lives Matter, which has become big, large mansions, and Antifa. And then all of a sudden, Gerald Whale Nadler, by the way, who was waddling through Gay Pride Parade yesterday, remember he said Antifa is just an ideology? They broke my freaking jaw on the night of June 2nd, 2020, when the Guardian Angels were defending the city, when Bill de Blasio, who your lovely wife Danielle is investigating with the commission, told the cops to stand back. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the reality of the streets. And this is the year the transgenders, and I'm telling you, they're such a small, uh, just almost non-recognizable percentage of the gay and lesbian community. Gays and lesbians have to now come together and say, enough of this. We are not going to be defined by these people who are pushing the envelope and now screaming that they're coming for people's children. I couldn't agree more. And again, you made the point that there are the extremists and you brought up BLM and Antifa and the the Proud Boys and all that. You're 100% right, Curtis. But I don't care if they're the small percentage because, to be honest, even the nice people, the drag queens, don't belong in front of our kids anyway. It's not like, well, the good ones are good, the bad ones are bad. In this case, in front of little children, they're all bad, even the nice ones. So I hope this drives it home and makes people are okay with it, come to the realization, whether they're extremists, the good ones, the bad ones. Drag queens belong in adult places at night with a lot of booze and stupid people, nowhere near children at any time of the day, Curtis. Now, Sid, let me tell you, though, on Saturday was the annual Dykes on Bikes Parade. Outside of of the Central Library at 42nd and 5th. They've been doing this since 1976. This was back when the only way you could actually see a woman expose their breasts is to get National Geographic, you know, when all of a sudden they would do uh, profiles of people who were still living in the Stone Age, and you would wait for the monthly copy to arrive. You would go down there for the Dykes on Bikes Parade, and all the women would have no tops on whatsoever, and they'd be on Harleys. The problem is that it's no longer fashionable because you can see female breasts everywhere, including on men growing female breasts. But now they have banners, lavender banners, that said, no more rapist police, no more racist cops, no more police. Whoa! If you're going to all of a sudden start pushing the envelope that way, you are ostracizing yourself from the mainstream population. Gays and lesbians are under attack. They physically get attacked. There are homophobes out there that would love to kill them. Who's going to defend them when they're under attack? The NYPD, the police. Who are they going to call? 911. Stop this nonsense. Stop it. Tomorrow happens to be the elections. You and I have been talking about this for weeks. Uh, I've done a lot of it on this show. You do a lot on your show as well. Just last week, we had Anna, Ari Kagan, Samantha Zerker, Nicole Maliotakis, and a host of others talking about these city council races, Curtis. And again, it all comes down to tomorrow. So they closed the early voting yesterday. And listen to these numbers. Ten days, ten days, Curtis, of early voting. Less than 10,700 votes in Manhattan. Only 7,400 votes in the whole borough of the Bronx. 
just over 12,200 boats in Brooklyn. Queens led the way with just over 14,000. That's over 10 days and none in Staten Island. You look at those numbers, Curtis, it is pathetic. Do people not realize how much power the city council yields? Ask Eric Adams on a daily basis because those early voting numbers that's scary to me. Well, I didn't see your friend Kunta Kinte out there. Remember, don't call him Toby. Call him <laughs> Kunta Kinte. Trying to rally up a vote. He basically was on the down low because he had a really bad last week, you know, first talking about how God uh, communicates with him. And then, I don't know if you saw it, I'm going to send uh, you and Justin uh, the audio and the video. He decided from now on, when he's introduced at his many press conferences during the day, it's going to be like when Derek Jeter, number two, got in the box, and you have some kind of music, you know, for every ball player getting in the batter's box. He now has music before his press conference. And you know who he had as his health care expert talking on Thursday about medical issues in New York City? Fat Joe. Fat <laughs> Joe. The deadbeat rapper who didn't pay his taxes, and he was talking about the Amish. He couldn't find Lancaster, Pennsylvania if his life depended on it. What is happening to your guy? He's losing it. He's losing it. But anyway, no, no, let's, we've got, let's get down there. We've got the, another bit, by the way, to your point. We do have another Twilight Zone bit coming up today uh, about <laughs> Eric Adams. And I think he's not losing it. I think he's lost it. And I am upset with Eric because I have sent him now three consecutive texts with no response, including a Happy Father's Day text last Sunday. Have not heard back. So my guess is, Curtis, is that things get back to people in this city very, very quickly, especially on this show with our massive audience. So maybe someone's told Derek, hey, you've been pissing Sid off at this point. I don't know. But he's not losing it, Curtis. He's lost it. Listen, Sid, if you had to choose between talking directly to God, Hashem, J.C., or Sid Rosenberg, who would you choose? I mean, Eric is in direct communication, according to him, with God himself, with Hashem, with J.C. He's closed down your pipeline. You just can't compete with Jesus Christ, with Hashem. Do you realize that? <laughs> Yeah, I guess you're right. By no, the way, is, uh, very, let, very let's tough. talk about my expertise, the subways. You promo that. Right in your backyard, right in your backyard, Lou, Beach 116th Street, last stop of the shuttle from Broad Channel on the A-Train towards the Irish Riviera. It's 9 o'clock last night, and a guy gets stabbed and robbed at the last stop 116th, that's Beach 116th, an hour before that in my old hood, Canarsie, on the L train, robbed of his cell phone and stabbed at 105th Street before the last stop, Rockaway Parkway, at 8 o'clock, the day before a female transit cop punched in the face, a conductor having his booth smashed with a psychotic with a hammer. This subway system is out of control, Sid. And what did I tell you? On June 20th, all that overtime, the Catholic crime wave Holcomb granted in order to fight off the surge of Congressman Lee Zeldin on the crime issue 10 days before the actual general election is over. There's no more overtime to flood the subways with cops. So please, never again have Arthur Idella come on and say, oh, it's so much better in the subways. I've been down there. Really, Arthur? Come ride with me. In fact, hey, Sid and Lou, you're going to come ride with me to Beach 116th Street on the A train? Come on. Come on. 
on. Come on, now, listen, I, don't need to, I don't need to ride there. I, I actually uh, frequent that diner, the last stop diner, which is directly outside that train station. And you know, Curtis, I've even gone to you and said, we need Guardian Angels on Beach 116. Now, being the great New Yorker and great man you are, you have put your people out there for a couple of weeks now already, so thank you for that. But you are talking about some of the worst, the A train, the L train. Those are some of the worst subways for a long time. It didn't start with Eric Adams. You know, if you're telling me the 1, the 2, the 3, the 4, the 5, and the 6, they're worse now than ever, I'll give more credence to that. But the trains you're picking, they've always been awful. Always. Uh, Sid, you, you stop at the last stop diner. If you happen to ride the A train to Beach 116th Street or you go in the other direction, Mott Avenue, it might well be the last stop of your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's appropriately named Last Stop yeah. Diner. No, I get it. I get it. So let me, let me ask you what. Uh, Jennifer Harrison sent me a text yesterday, Victims Rights New York. I like this girl. Her boyfriend murdered many, many years ago. She actually spoke when Jim Jordan came to town with a bunch of other folks who have been treated badly in this city. And she sent me a text. She said, you know, Sid, I love you. I love Curtis. But the way you guys are treating Mike Rendino is absolutely awful. She said, Sid, just like you, he's been in recovery for years. There's no, I know the guy for 17 years and his sister. There's no way in a million years that guy's going to make fun of Samantha Zerker's dead son. He's in recovery. We just don't do that. And she was pretty pissed. So I'm wondering, Curtis, if maybe we've gotten this thing wrong. Any chance? Uh, no. Where do, Jennifer lives in Long Island, right? She probably Long Island. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She she probably can stop over to Mike Rendino's house in Garden City and have a cup of coffee and, and a, a few cookies or a little bit of cake. Let me tell you something. I know Mike Rendino. The guy's in recovery, and yet he owns a gin mill stands right across the street from Yankee Stadium, where they water down the beer. It's cash only, no debit cards, no credit cards. And I'm telling you, that's what you call a subway operation. I had a meeting with him and his partners here after I crushed Fernando Mateo, his candidate that he put up to beat me, and his eyeballs were rolling in the back of his head. Uh, he was sampling a little bit of the product. He said, don't give me this recovery <laughs> stuff. I saw it firsthand outside of Yankee Stadium in the Subway wow. Series. When I was outside, I was recruiting. And you know who I met after I met with Rendino and his partners? I met Hawk Newsom of Black Lives Matter. And we were battling in the heart of the South Bronx. So, Jennifer, you're a wonderful lady. You're, you're, you're involved in a good cause. But I got my boots on the ground in the Bronx. I mean, I'm 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 slamming it in the Bronx. I know where everyone's bones are buried and who buried it. So, please, this is a battle for the soul of the Republican Party in the Bronx. In fact, it's that same Mike Rendino who has endorsed Darcel Clark, who's running for re-election in the Democratic primary for district attorney, uh, cited by everyone with the worst conviction and dismissal rate in the city, worse than Alvin Bragg, and he didn't even put up a Republican candidate. Now, you know why he didn't put up a Republican candidate to run against her? Because if he did do that, he'd probably be investigated for all kinds of fraudulent activity. So please, stay out of this. This is a civil war for the soul of the GOP in the Bronx, where Mike Rendino has never won a race. Never. He's made money, but he runs to lose. And tomorrow, 
I'm going to be out there for George Habernick to get what little vote is coming out to push him over the top. In fact, today you're going to see me on the back of a pickup truck all throughout Frog's Neck, all throughout Morris Park. I'm going to be rocking the microphone, trying to wake people up to know if you don't control the city council, the city council will control us, these socialists, and run us right the hell down to the sixth borough of the city of New York where you came from, Boca Raton. (laughs) <laughs> hey, listen, as always, that's a great job, courtesy where the interns have arrived here at the golf course, all dolled out in their red 77 WABC T-shirts, the guys in khakis, the girls in white pants. Our sports leader, Mike DeDino, is here as well to do some interviews on the golf course. Great job, Curtis. There's nobody better. There's nobody better, Curtis Lee. And you guys, I only know Carly's name. I don't know the rest of these kids, the boys I don't know. But they're all here today at Ohika Castle. Big, big show coming up. Curtis was terrific. Still to come this hour, Rich Lowry. We will talk to Colonel Jack Jacobs next hour and a bunch of live guests as well. Keep it right here. Monday morning with your favorite talk show host in New York City. That's me, Sid Rosenberg, live in Huntington at Ohika Castle. And we continue what's already been a great Monday show right in with these words. I'm it high. Get jiggy with them.